0: We just wrapped up with Mary Ann Tolbert, who is the coach of the Manteca High School tennis team. And it was a fun episode. I've known Coach Tolbert for a few years now, actually. I mentioned it a couple of times, but we got connected through our common friend, Cody Norman, who's the girls basketball coach at Laguna Creek High School. But when I first met Coach Norman, he was actually coaching at Manteca. And so through my connection with him, I got connected to Coach Tolbert. And uh, she's just an awesome, awesome person, awesome coach. And it was fun talking to her about, you know, I feel like, you know, this wasn't the intention, but the conversation definitely went in the direction of legacy and alumni and and the tradition they have at Manteca high school. It sounds like there's a pretty strong connection to the school from the alumni and former athletes and former students becoming teachers and coaches, which is a really cool thing to hear, um, Coach Tolbert herself was a graduate of Manteca High School and is now has been coaching there for a little while now so it's always cool to hear those stories and how a school has such a strong reputation and strong tradition that people want to come back and be a part of it and give back. I love hearing that stuff and uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. It was a really fun conversation with Coach Tolbert. Uh you will notice that Deb is not here for this one. Once again, Deb McCollum is not here for a character combine podcast. I don't know if any of Deb's uh former players are listening and they were t- you know, you heard from her, hey, you need to show up on time or you need to be prepared or you need to be, you know, you know, show up for all these things. Just know that, you know, she's slipping a little bit. Uh, no, we're kidding. She she let me know in plenty of time that she wasn't gonna be here. So uh but as you guys know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, if one of us is not here, we'd love to take this opportunity to roast the other one. So anyways, we did miss Deb. But that being said, it was an awesome interview with Coach Mary Ann Tolbert, and I hope you guys enjoy it. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready. Yeah, you ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard. Coaches. Coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type decades later, and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. In their life, in their life. Get, this thing, get this thing started. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and Deb is not here with us today, but uh, that's okay because we have an awesome guest with us. It's the Manteca tennis coach, Mary Ann Tolbert. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, I have to say, I'm looking at your, nobody can see this. This is not a video podcast. This is audio only. But behind you is you have the Wrigley Field, Home of the Cubs uh, sign yes. there, replica like sign. And it reminds me of a funny story because I think you and I know each other through Cody Norman, who we had on yes. the podcast. And he's been, he was going to the combine for a while. And I spoke to his teams a couple times. And then I think, um, I, I forgot exactly how it happened, but you and I got connected through him. Uh, while he was still at Manteca but when he went over to uh, Laguna Creek he asked me to speak to one of his classes what happened right after the uh I think it was 2016 when the Cubs knocked the Giants out of the playoffs I'm like I don't want to I don't want to talk to this dude right now I don't want to go talk to his class you know and so it was bad timing I did it because it you know it's character combine. I still have to do it be, right. a, be be a not be a sore loser but I'm like oh but I know you guys are big, uh, you guys are big Chicago sports fans. So I've got to ask, are you from Chicago?
1: My family is. Got it. Okay. And they had moved out here like early 60s. Okay. Uh, we just kept the love of the Cubs with us the whole time.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. So, and I can't remember. I know, I think I asked Coach Norman about this. Is he from Chicago? Yeah. His
1: family was originally from Illinois. I don't know if he was in Chicago, the Illinois area.
0: Illinois, and so that's so weird that so you guys just happen to like start teaching and coaching at the same school, and you guys have yeah, passion for the Cubs. How weird is that?
1: Yeah, and it was funny because um, I told my daughter I go go up to coach and ask him north side or south side because that's going to depend on how we all get along. Yeah, <laughs> she looked at me, and he goes north, and I was like, right answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I know I know a little bit about that now because my my wife's oldest sister, um, she lives in Chicago. And her and her husband are, oh, okay. are uh, south side. They, they love the white love, side. Yeah. So a little different. <laughs> but it sounds like even though the, the baseball teams are different, you guys can come together on the Bears and the Bulls, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and play yeah. the Blackhawks.
0: And the Bla- that's right. And the Blackhawks, for sure. That's always been a weird thing out here. Like I never, I've never, i never gotten into hockey. Like I heard they're amazing to go to. A little tougher to watch yeah. on TV. But I mean, we have the Sharks here, but I, I just never really got into it. But I heard it's a lot of fun.
1: I'm a huge hockey fan. Um, And when we had in Stockton, the Stockton Thunder, we had season tickets for years. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great family fun. Take the whole family there. You know, kids were safe to kind of run around the stadium and some some really decent hockey for the level they were at. And um, yeah, I now I'm watching it on TV as much as I can.
0: That's awesome. See, I feel like I'm missing out on like this whole section of sports just because I didn't really grow up around it, but that's okay. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of sports in other in other areas. So, um well again, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. And um you know, we like to start off all of our guests with some warm-up questions. Normally my co-host Deb does this. Uh but here we are. Deb's not here, so I'm going to go ahead and take care of it. So, first warm-up question we have for you. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Chicago. Chicago. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were gonna go somewhere different, but Chicago's it. Chicago, it is. I've only been there. I went there one time, and it was for my um, my sister in law's wedding. Um, really cool. It's it's weird. It's super clean. Like the city itself it, is really clean. It really clean.
1: is compared to like San Francisco.
0: It's a much different thing.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very similar city as far as size and you know right things that go along with it. But yeah, I I love Chicago, and I just feel like there's so much to do there.
0: Oh, a crazy amount. I mean, I, I know before the wedding, you know, my wife had a bunch of stuff she had to do for the wedding. And so I had a couple hours just by myself and we stayed at the uh, the W right downtown. And I just kind of walked around the city. It was awesome. You know, I mean, I got to see oh, a lot yeah. of stuff and it was, you know, didn't get a ton of time there. And we, we, we did some sightseeing the next day. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, there's so much to see there. It's uh, oh, yeah, was awesome. Really cool place. So it's a good choice. I understand why you would want to go back there for sure. Um okay. Question number two. If you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a tough
0: one. Oh, wait for the next question. It's a lot tougher. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: maybe super hearing.
0: Mm. Okay, that's that's really good because we have not had a guest say that yet. Uh yeah, maybe there's usually like super strength or being able to fly. Every once in a while, somebody will say invisible, which gets a little bit weird. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, okay. So super hearing, is there a reason for that?
1: I just think it'd be neat because I'm i I'm a big people watcher. I love to watch people sit around. So I would love to hear the conversations that are going on that I've seen while I'm doing all that people watching.
0: That makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Well, plus you're, you're a coach and a teacher, right? So yes. That that would be really helpful. No one would want to be in your class, but that no. would be really helpful as a teacher. My wife's a teacher, and I'm sure she would love. She kind of does have super hearing; <laughs> she hears stuff. Yeah,
1: we do develop that kind of uh, you know, that that yeah. much
0: hearing that hears everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I know for a while, at least when I was in high school, and there was always that thing about the was it like the the certain sound or there was like an app that a teacher wasn't supposed to be able to hear, but students could hear. Do you remember that kind of going around?
1: Yeah, it did. I never, I never heard it. So yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. I, I know. I, I guess my, I guess I, I kind of missed it. Maybe I was, you know, maybe I had bad hearing. I don't know, but I never heard, I never heard anything. So yeah, I missed the boat. I, mean, I was a little too old for it. Um, Okay. So perfect. So Chicago super hearing. Okay. This last one, this last one's tough, but maybe not for you. I don't know if you're a big fan of music, but this is Deb's signature question and she calls it her life song question. And basically it's this, if you could choose a song that represents the totality of your life, or maybe not the totality of your life, but how you're feeling right now about the way life is going or this, the place you're at in life, what would that one song be? Ooh.
1: Um, maybe the climb that oh. there, there's always those, uh, I mean, it sounds silly. I know it's Miley Cyrus, but that's all right. Montana. But, um, you know, you always have those peaks and valleys that you're going through, and, and it's not necessarily the outcome, but what you learn along the way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we don't judge here. Miley Cyrus, it doesn't matter. We've, we've heard all kinds of songs, it's all good. So, no, that's a great answer. Right? Hey, you survived the warm up questions. Well done. All right. There we go. So the rest of this stuff is easy. This rest of the stuff is about you and, and your uh your coaching background. So the first question that we like to ask everybody is what is your athletic and coaching background and how did you get to where you're at today?
1: Um, I was raised pretty much on sports my whole life. We um we started really young playing sports uh, through CYO. Okay. Uh, through the church program. Got it. And um, my dad was a coach. My grandfather was part of the program. So we grew up watching and being down at the gym and playing. And so uh, in our younger years, I played basketball, ran track, did um, any sports that they had through the CYO program. And then, of course, when I was in high school, I did um, basketball and I played a little bit of softball.
0: Okay. Okay. And then at what point did you jump into coaching?
1: I did not jump into coaching until about 16, 17 years ago. It was something I always thought about doing and wanted to do. And um, it just kind of fell into my lap and it was at a perfect time in my life where I could make it work. My kids were still really young, um, but luckily I have a really strong family support system that we're able to help out with, um, you know, covering everything. And because we're a sports family, you know, it all of a sudden became like a social thing. My mom, my dad were there to watch. They brought my kids. My kids were part of it. You know, next thing you know, they're getting water down the bench, you know, stuff like that. So it actually really um, kind of grew our social circle, you know, as you're meeting all these, these girls and their families and stuff like that and um, I I would say it was a highlight of the week for my kids and even my parents, um, you know, game nights and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's something that we've, we've heard from other coaches on this show that it does become a family thing. And so sometimes when there's this balance between, okay, how do I be the best, uh, mother or father, and then how do I also become the best coach? Sometimes it's such a, you guys do such a time consuming job that, I know it's always a struggle for people, but I feel like the, the common solution for a lot of people is involve the family, like bring your kids out to the field, have them be the, the water boy or girl or have them involved somehow. So it sounds like, I mean, you didn't just involve your kids, you involved everybody, which is really yeah, cool. It,
1: it really became a, um, a family affair. And um, they were, I, when I was in high school, I, I don't, I don't remember until like I was um, a freshman in college actually playing a basketball game where I didn't have someone in the stands because at that point, you know, my brother was still in high school. So my parents were splitting and in college, you tended to play further away from home. So I had always had that support system. And so when I jumped into um, coaching, that just came really natural for my parents to jump in and to be part of that and be, you know, supportive. My dad um, would keep, you know, shot shot charts and all kinds of stuff. My mom helped with stats and, you know, and watching my kids at the same time. So, um, it it really did. It, I couldn't have done it without the, the support from my family.
0: Sure. And then, so how long, so you played in college as well. You played basketball in college.
1: Yeah. I only played one year in college and then I just, well, I wasn't really into it. I had played for so many years and it was just kind of time to hang at the, the shoes.
0: Got it. Okay. So you cut you, you experienced a little bit of burnout. Yeah. Got it.
1: it. It was just, you know, going to school and then you go to practice and then, you know, I was trying to work a little bit in there and got it, you know, it just becomes overwhelming and something has to give and you know, there becomes a point where, especially as a female athlete, not so much now, but in you know 1988 when I graduated, you weren't looking to go on anywhere and play after college as mm. an athlete. So, did you really want to put in that extra three years or whatever?
0: Right, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Well, you know, speaking of that, um, how crazy! I know you've seen it the on ESPN Sports Center, all that the the differences between the NCAA men's you know weight area and the females I was I was blown away I mean I think yeah, everybody I, was but I mean it was just, I
1: can't believe that it's just
0: yeah I mean it's it's got to be I mean as you as you like as you said like the 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 world of women's sports has has changed a lot I'm sure since you played like you said there is some opportunities to go and play pros but even still like there's still this huge gap between the two, right. As far as oh, yeah, opportunities and, and resources and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm sure someone who, who was a college athlete, I mean, like I said, that had to have been a really frustrating thing. And it probably, you know, I don't know, it oh, probably definitely. just messed with you a little bit, right. Cause you're coaching young ladies and like, that's kind of the stuff that they're having to deal with, which is a yes. really frustrating thing. So like, how do you navigate? I mean, I know it's a different situation with the pandemic and you're not you know, coaching like you normally would, but like how, as a female coach, how do you navigate those types of situations with your female athletes? It's
1: it's tough because you don't want to make excuses for it in any capacity. And I think when you, you know, you hear up the chain, a lot of it has to do with money. You know, what brings in the most money gets the most stuff for their programs, that kind of thing. And at some point there's just, you know, there's gotta be some sort of equalization regardless. Mm-hmm. Of money.
0: Right. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I was just, like I said, I was just blown away when I saw that picture. I'm like, Oh, cause you know, you heard, I heard some stories and it's like they, this, this athlete posted this picture. I'm like, oh, okay. must be pretty bad. And then you see the picture like, Oh, it is really bad. It's a, a rack of weights versus, you know, a, a complete gym basically. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's gotta be frustrating for sure. Um, I lost my train. Of, I lost my train of thought. That was not one of the questions I had, but what you said just reminded me of that. So I kind of, I kind of lost it there. Um, so how did you? So how did you end up at Manteca?
1: So I went to Manteca High.
0: Okay. Um,
1: graduated from there, oh. and I've always stayed local here in town. And um, a friend of a friend had said, "Hey, they're looking for a freshman coach if you're interested." And I was like, "Oh yeah!" So I gave a phone call, and it, they were. They were kind of, you know, we were. They were heading into season, and they were on short time, and they were like, "Oh, that's perfect!" And it just kind of fell in my lap, and then ended up working out. And then, um, so as a result of that, I ended up um, deciding to go back to school. I, I had been working as a um, certified paralegal, and I went back to school, got my teaching credential, and eventually ended up teaching at Manteca High now as well.
0: That's awesome. And I always, I'm always interested too, when a coach has the opportunity to coach at the place that they graduated, how special was that for you? It's
1: the greatest thing in the world. I I mean, I, my kids have all, my mom graduated from Antica High, then me and my brother did. My kids went, have gone through there now and the opportunity to go back there and to give back and to be part of that. um, We have our tradition of excellence. Yeah. it's
0: huge. Oh, that's, a that's incredible. Well, it's like you guys, your entire family's just been there forever. It seems like, and yeah, we have, well, let me ask you this because so I went to Casa Roble high school and my mom and her sisters also went to Casa Roble. and it was crazy because there was a couple of teachers that were there when I was there that were also, they were just starting out when when my family went there. So I uh-huh. imagine for you guys, that's got to be the case, right? There there has to have been some crossover between family members and teachers and faculty. Yeah, and absolutely.
1: That. My mom um, was not a big athlete. Okay. And there was a P, her P teacher, Miss Golf. She said, You're going to go in. She's going to hate you. You know, she hates all the freshmen. <laughs> Miss Golf loved me because I was into athletics and I enjoyed PE and, you know, and then, um, then there were people that started out when I was there that, you know, then my kids had, um, just that kind of, you know, continuation.
0: That's so, that's such a cool thing. I, I remember, I feel like most schools have that where I know when I was going to high school, there was a couple of families there where it seemed like even after I graduated and my brothers went there, family members of theirs were still there. It's like, when does this family end? It's just this long line of people. It's like, it right. never, it's like, it never ends, but it's a cool thing. Cause I think, it's important for whether it's a school or sports programs to have some of those traditions, right? Like where a family loves it so much that they, they continue to send their, their kids there and then their kids get sent there. You know what I'm saying? So yes, I think that's a cool thing. And it's a cool thing for the community too, because I think, you know, people, you, if you stay in that community, I think there's some value to that when, whether you're a teacher or a coach because people see you around town uh, you're not just a teacher that's, that's there at school and then just takes off and they don't see you any other time. Like, obviously there's some challenges to that too, you know, seeing right. students and teachers outside of the, outside of the classroom. But, um, I do think as far as the way a community is built, I think there's some value to that for sure. I think there's, it's a yeah. really cool element.
1: We actually, uh, Manteca High is celebrating our centennial this year. Oh, really? So we had all these really great plans of all these amazing things we were going to do before the pandemic. Um, but yeah, so to to be part of a, a place that is celebrating its centennial and you know has all this history and tradition and um it, it's amazing. And we we actually for the yearbook this year we took a picture of all the alumni that now teach there, and it was a huge amount of alumni that that have come back to teach there. I think we have teacher work in some capacity on campus. I want to say close to 30 people.
0: Really? Wow. That's interesting. Now, why do you think that is? I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's other schools out there like that, that have a similar, um, similar thing between the alumni and, you know, coming back to be teachers. But do you, I mean, from your perspective, growing up in that area, do you think there's a reason for that?
1: Um, I, I think it's partly, uh, it's just, it's the Buffalo tradition. And, you know, you go through there and you can't imagine being at another school because of this tradition that we've kind of established. I think particularly if you're very active in um, sports and other activities um, around town, um, that, that we tend to take a lot of pride in what we're doing at Antica High. And we're always looking to do better and to, you know, establish these um, kind of legacies of programs that we have. Um, so I, I, think that has a huge, um, amount to do with it.
0: Sure. Well, and speaking of that, I, I, I wish I, I wish I would have done a little bit more research on your, on your record and all that stuff. But if I remember correctly, you guys did pretty well, right. While you were coaching basketball.
1: Uh, yeah, we did all right. We, um, yeah. uh, we went to, uh, playoffs. I, we never ended up in state or anything like that, but, but basketball, we were successful.
0: That's awesome. And then you coached your daughter as well, right? Yeah. What was that? What was that like? I, I'm trying to think, I don't know if we've had a coach on that's actually coached their, their child at the school that they're at. I don't think you might be the first one. So you're speaking, yeah. no pressure. You're speaking for all of them.
1: It, it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, it puts a strain at home because uh, when you leave, you're still thinking about all those come home. And, you know, there's, there were bad practices, bad games where I, you know, and it was on me. I couldn't let it go or I wanted to rehash it or whatever. And, um, that, that was one of the great things, um, a relationship my dad and I had when I would come home from games, you know, talk win or lose, you know, retalking it out and, you know, analyzing what I could have done, should have done this and that. Um, so when you have your daughter in that mix, it it changes it a little bit. Um, and on the, on the flip side, I think sometimes, uh, it was most difficult for her because, um, I think that people thought she received different, um, leeway or whatever. Sure. Actually, it was probably harder for her. Mm. Um, and I know during her senior year, um, which was my last year coaching basketball, uh, She had an injury, but we were kind of in a, you know, crunch time and, and we taped her up and she played and I wouldn't have asked anybody else's kid to do that.
0: Sure. Um,
1: But I did ask mine to do it and she did it. And even now, every once in a while, when her wrist bothers her, she'll go, well, gee whiz, it was that basketball coach (laughs) you play (laughs) hurt.
0: She can always point back to that and kind of hold it over your head. (laughs) She really can. That's awesome. No, I, I imagine it would be a really tough thing, especially once you hit a certain level, right? Once you, once your kid starts getting to the level of, you know, travel ball or AAU or high school, it starts getting more competitive playing times at more of a premium and the pressure, yeah. right? Like you hear from parents all the time and it's, it's an unfortunate part of coaching high school sports, but it's just part of what you have to do. Right. Is, is yeah, handle and deal I coached her
1: in tennis as well. And okay. it was um, a lot easier because yep. somebody could go out there and play her and she could, you know, easily show she was the better player or whatever. There was never any question of, you know, where everybody falls in line in tennis because it's sure. challenge a person. It's a little more, you know, uh, hard to determine the exact best person for each situation in basketball.
0: Right. No. Yeah. That's that's a great point. It's a very different different thing. Well, I I remember, you know, when I was playing baseball in high school, being right next to the tennis courts and watching their practice versus our practice, or you know, watching the basketballs practice versus their practice. Very different thing. It's a very different sport as far as just you know the practice intensity and all of that. So I imagine that does carry over into playing time and even the parents. I'm sure you still hear from parents every once in a while, but. I can't even imagine. It's the same thing. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. Um, way
1: different now.
0: Oh yeah. And like I said, it's a bummer that that's, that's a part of the, the coaching process, but it's, I mean, it's just one of those things, right? Like you, yeah. the parents want the best for their kids. And I think a lot of them, the, the intentions, right. Sometimes it just comes off in a way that's not, uh, the most fun for a coach to have to deal with. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's a uh, tennis is really enjoyable to coach and I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I would give anything to go back to basketball.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's coming from someone who's a basketball fan, right? Like, yeah, you love the sport, but you know, to get to that point, it's, just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that coaches can get to that point.
1: <laughs> it really is. It, it's tough.
0: Yeah. Um, so what is, what is your situation been like with this, this whole pandemic? Like, how have you, how have you handled it? How have your athletes handled it? And then what are some ways you've stayed connected with your athletes during this time?
1: Um, well, one good thing that we have at Antigua, we're using the, the team's, uh, feature. So, uh, we're able to have like little chats and stuff like that. So we've kept kind of a running chat going, um, in the beginning, we just kind of, you know, every, the girls that are going to play tennis on the regular are out there playing anyway. Um, you know, fortunately tennis is a sport where, you know, you've got that six feet distance sure. obviously, so they can, um, it, it, it can continue on, um, even during the pandemic. So, um, just, you know, kind of sending texts here and there to keep in touch with them um, trying to keep them, apprised of what what was going on always as far as as we headed into the end of summer you know we're probably not going to have a season okay it looks like we might Nope, nope but, you know all the way through I think communication was the biggest mm-hmm. thing but I know we we started practice on Monday and it was so nice to see their faces out there and they were excited to practice and you know the possibility of you know getting to matches now and all that kind of stuff. The the enthusiasm was you know over the top.
0: Oh, I have I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt. I know that's that was you know the case of some of the football coaches that I talked to, and it just gives another. I mean, you know, I I hate to say that sometimes we take those things for granted, but even as much as we love sports or we love coaching sports, I think even then it just becomes a a normal part of our routine. Right. And I think we can even become, you know, complacent with it and kind of take it for granted. So I think this has really increased everybody's appreciation for their sport, their teammates, their coaches. I think all of that, which is
1: definitely, yeah,
0: yeah, huge because, and like, like I said, it's weird to say, because you wouldn't think that you would take. Something for granted that you love that much, but I think it, I think it can happen pretty easily.
1: Oh yeah, I and mean, even now because I'm in a completely different time period of time than we usually play, I have a huge appreciation for those spring sports now because it's windy, it's nasty out there. At least you know I'm used to the heat. We're good. We you know we've accustomed. We've got the kids hydrating all that stuff, but now we're dealing with all kinds of elements that we've never had to face before
0: right allergies and stuff like that people are just sneezing like i remember playing baseball and just being in the outfield and just sneezing like crazy it's like there's a ball's gonna hit me in the face because i i'm sneezing so much (laughs) i can't even i can't even focus right now (laughs) yeah exactly um well how about how about the teaching side of things like how how did you handle that or how have you handled that
1: um i know kids did not enjoy it i adjusted I feel really easily to the the distance teaching. Um, I got my master's online, so oh. I've been used to doing online sure. myself. So I kind of took some of the things that we did there and implemented them into what I was doing um, with my teaching as much as I could. And I tried to keep it real simple and basic for the kids so that they were getting you know, what was required of them without overwhelming them. Because I think there was at that beginning, there was a real difficult balance of teachers not knowing how much was too much because you're thinking they're home all day, but, you know, they're not working on things all day. So, right. you know, I tried to tried to make sure that my class was not one that was overwhelming them and, you know, digging them in a deep hole or whatever. Um, and then, When we found out we weren't coming back at the beginning of the year, I kind of just made it, you know, made a plan of what we were going to do each day and, you know, plotted it out and it worked out in the amount of days we had to do it. So I knew that they had enough every day to work on without, you know, getting overwhelmed and falling behind and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And then we were one of the fortunate schools. We went back hybrid on November 2nd. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So since November 2nd, we've been doing an AB day.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And so half the kids are there, half are at home and they switch the days. And then Wednesday, we distance learn everybody distance learns. So, um, we've gotten a lot of the kids back in the classroom. Some kids still, you know, are staying home. Um, but it it's there's a little bit more normalcy that we've had.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's great. I didn't realize it had been that long since you guys have been you guys switched over. Um, yeah. Because I know some people around here in Sacramento just recently went back to a you know hybrid situation or you know some form of the classroom. So, um, that's great. I'm sure that's it's, it's got to be such a huge. I mean, we've I know we've talked about it on this podcast. I know you hear about it everywhere, but just the mental you know, struggle that this whole thing has caused a lot of students. Um, And you have all these numbers that are talking about how like depression's up and some of these just horrible situations. It's just, it's really frustrating. I know it's been frustrating for a lot of coaches and teachers, because like we've always said on this podcast and through the character combine is coaches, especially a coach like yourself or, or coach Norman or Dana Smith, I mean, all these coaches that we've had on this podcast that are teachers as well for the same Mm -hmm. school that they coach at you're around those students. Easily, especially during the season, more than their families are, and so you know your positive impact is huge during the season. And once you know sports are taken away, and you don't have that anymore. Then you're taking this massive positive influence out of the students and athletes' lives, and it's a, it's a frustrating thing. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you guys have done the the hybrid thing for as long as you did. Because I think at this point, any little you know contact or any little thing like that helps. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um- you know that obviously there were concerns when we went back so soon um, in November because I think we were one of the first school districts in the area to do it. Um, but it definitely did give the kids some sort of and the ability. Um, you know, like you said about families and stuff. You know, for some of these kids, we're the only adult that is talking to them or listening to them. Those types of things, and you know which kids those are, and you see it in their faces and. You know they're the ones that are showing up every single day that they can be on campus and you know they just want to talk 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 and um i'm the type that i'm very flexible in my classroom if somebody wants to talk about something completely irrelevant to what's going on if 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 they're talking and they're you know feeling like they need to vent about it or you know share about it or whatever we will have a discussion about it so um and usually, luckily I teach government and econ, so we can pretty much tie anything into wow. in some way. So, um, you know, I, I start every day with, Hey, what's up, you know, what's going on in the city of Manantica, you know, trying to get that giving them that opportunity to talk to somebody.
0: Yeah, that's great. I didn't realize you, you taught government and econ that has to be, we don't, we don't get political on this show, but that has to be such a wild, a wild topic to talk about right now. <laughs>
1: Oh, you have to be so careful.
0: (laughs) I, I, well, we were talking to, to coach Dana Smith, who he, he's a positive coaching Alliance trainer, and he also works at Carnegie middle school and he's the wrestling coach over there and he teaches history. And we were talking to him about the same thing. It's like, this is, I mean, it's a weird time because you know, in history you're or, you know, government, you're looking back in time, right. And seeing how they used to do things and how things are done now. And right now it's like, you're living this crazy, you know, point of history that normally yeah. you know 50 years down the road as a history teacher you're like hey back in 2020 2021 this is what was happening but you're actually like living it and you know it's going to be a piece of history which is such a wild thing
1: and i keep telling the kids that i'm like i know you guys don't care but you guys are going to be in the history books
0: right you
1: live through this you guys are seniors in this
0: yeah so so crazy so that's all we'll say on that but yeah <laughs> it's yeah. that's got to be such a, a crazy thing um well, you know I, i'm kind of bouncing all over the place because i just have a bunch of thoughts that are running through my head this is what happens on this show coach we we get sidetracked and you know there's no direction but um you know going back to what you were saying about this culture that in this, this um i guess legacy that's created at manteca high school i'm sure that you've had co- uh, kids that you coached come back and you know visit you or you know maybe they stay in touch with the basketball program or the tennis program like I'm always, I don't think we've ever asked this question on this program or this uh, show, but how important is it to have the participation from alumni for the sports program specifically?
1: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, Um, When you have alumni that come back and um, I've, I've tried different programs, you know, throughout trying to um, grow my program and um, have alumni come back and speak you know, to the different levels and stuff like that and having that connection and that, and that, you know, that pride and, um, hearing it from, you know, a former player that's not a coach or, you know, involved in the program currently, I, I think it's huge for these girls. And, um, I, I love that I have a lot of alumni that come back and, um, you know, uh, our tennis program, is like the highest GPA on campus. We have some really, really smart kids in it. That's awesome. And so these kids go away to, you know, they're engineers and mm. you know, biogenetic things and all kinds of things. And then the fact that they still take time to come back and go, remember when we went to snore and we did this or that or whatever, you know, um, it, it it's a great feeling and it and it's huge, you know, to know that that what we're doing matters and it's not the wins or losses they remember it's you know all those experiences or things we did you know um we <laughs> we were really bad at tennis when i took over the program and i think we went two years like zero and 14
0: oh.
1: and, uh, you know the girls would say win or lose fast so we can go either <laughs> because it was all about the experience it had nothing to do with you know their actual you know nobody cared about their stats or anything like that and uh those years those girls started some traditions that then we've been able to carry out through the program as the program's grown and then now you know we've become super successful and um those, those little things that they started way back when we still do today on our senior night and all kinds of different things. So, um, it's nice to know that, that, that the program has a little legacy that goes with it, even when we weren't very strong.
0: I I love, that's awesome. I love hearing that because obviously as, as athletes and coaches and people who are competitive, We all want to win right like it it would you you wouldn't be a good coach if you didn't care about winning i think that's got to be a part of it but
1: oh absolutely
0: even in those losing seasons you're able you're still your goal it's not like you have the the season off right like well we're not going to win so character development uh sportsmanship or competition like that doesn't matter this year because we're just going to lose it's like well no you're still the coach and you still have to teach them things and i think you hit the the nail on the head when you said even in the those losing seasons they were still taking things away from you or taking things away from the program. And then now they can come back and say, oh, I love this, I love that. And like you said, it doesn't even have anything to do with the sport. No. It's all about the culture that was created in that program. And I think that's what I think some coaches I wish would would realize that even the coaches that are in programs that maybe have not been good for three, four, five years and are struggling sometimes I think coaches kind of throw their hands up as like, like, what are we doing? Like we can't win and they just get frustrated, which is understandable. But at the same time, you still have an opportunity to teach in those moments. There's a lot of life lessons in losing. And you know what I mean? And we're probably like, there's a lot of people out there that might lose more than they win, but you still take something away from those losses. And that's going to help you develop as an athlete. And even more importantly, as a person down the road, Um, you know, again, I I know I've mentioned a couple of times, but like Cody Norman, It's so awesome to see the success that he's had over the last couple of years at Laguna Creek, because I remember, you know, talking to some of his teams early on at Laguna Creek and, you know, they didn't have the best record. And then now you see this, but again, the reason I like Cody so much is because he's always talking about character. He's always trying to, you know, do the best for his girls and on the team. It never, it never, it never seemed to phase him. I'm sure there was moments where he got frustrated, but it never seemed to phase him. And now he's seeing the, like the fruits of that labor. And so same for you with the tennis team. It's like, yeah, let's create some fun traditions. And, then, oh, look at this. Now we're starting to win and now we're having more success. And, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a really cool thing thing to hear. I think that's important for a lot of coaches to, to hear. Because especially coaches who are, you know, maybe having more losing seasons. It, it, I'm sure it's a frustrating thing and it makes you want to potentially quit, right? Like, I'm sure that's a place where you get as a coach. Oh, then,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I mean,
1: we're competitive by nature. That's why we get in this. It- right not only do we want to teach the sport but we want to win right and, you know and you're gonna have and sometimes i think i want it more than the kids want it you know because it, it's a very um even from the time i started coaching to now the um difference in kids and the world we live in you know although they might want to win you know that competitiveness it's not it's not maybe nearly as clear as a want you know as earlier Kids, I don't yeah. know, when I growing up, it was like, you know, you wanted to win. win. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to lose. And, you know, I'm looking at, I, I'm probably wrapping up this season um, with with my last really, really strong season. And then I'm going to have to start rebuilding a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I haven't had to do that in about eight years. So, yeah, those traditions are going to be really important again to keep me laughing, keeping the girls laughing and, you know, enjoying ourselves out there and knowing that, you know, the hard work will eventually pay off. Um, and, you know, and even when we're winning, uh, you know, in tennis, you know, your strongest player is playing their strongest player. We didn't always win a lot at number one or number two, but we were always, more so really deep as far as, you know, all the way up to a decent number 12. But those ones and twos that went out there every single day and played and lost, but played their heart out and they didn't, you know, they felt like, oh, I'm the only one who lost today or whatever. No, it doesn't matter. The team won as a whole or whatever. And so I think in these sports where they're individualized, Um, but yet a team sport, it's really important to focus on that team aspect rather than the individuals. And I think sometimes we lose that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's always the fascinating thing to me about those types of sports, golf, tennis, um, cross country sports like that, where it is a individual sport, but it's wrapped up as a team, right? Like scoring is there's still team scoring, And uh, yeah, I I never played individual sports. Um, I've always played team sports. So, you know, it's kind of a world that I'm not even familiar with. But I imagine, yeah, that's something that you definitely have to be mindful of is the differences. I mean, how was it? Because let's see, you went winter basketball in the winter, and then you jumped into tennis, right? When you were coaching both, so was that? Is that a weird? Well, tennis was
1: in the fall, so I went from that's right fall to basketball, and then I would have spring off, and then you would start basketball and summer tennis
0: that's right so i I flipped them so going from going from tennis into basketball so going from an individual team sport to a team team sport was that was that a weird thing or is are you just like i'm a coach i just switch gears i'm good
1: you switch gears but it's also um we i've made my pro my individual program is a team sport so where a lot of um individual teams um, you know, their match is over, you see kids disappearing. Nope, the match is not over until the team, is, everyone on the team is done. So you're sitting watching, you're sitting cheering, you know, you're not on your phones. We're still live, even if you're not out there live playing. So um, I think I actually took a lot of my team knowledge from basketball and really made tennis more of a team focused sport than individualized.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's a good, that's a great idea. Is that, I mean, I do remember seeing that where you'd see, again, like I said, where I I went to school, the baseball field was right next to the tennis court. And so we would have games or practices while those were going on. and, And you did see people walking away, which I always thought was kind of a bizarre thing. Is that, I mean, is that a kind of a common thing in that sport or is it, do, are there a lot of coaches that have your mindset where, Hey, we're all a team. So we all stick here or stay here until everybody's done.
1: I think it's more a common thing where you see them individually leave and stuff because I wasn't necessarily a tennis player. I was a team coach. Sure. Yeah. Philosophies with me, but as an individual who played tennis and then is now coaching it, I think they still see that, that individual thing. Um, You know, there are a few teams out there that I see that are more connected like our team. But, um, for the most part, you know, even if they are waiting around to leave, they're on phones, they're, you know, doing homework or something. And we just don't do that at ours. It's, you know, everybody's there for everybody. So it doesn't matter if you're number one or if you're number 12, the entire team's going to watch you if you're the last one playing.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good thing. Again, I I might be biased because, Like I said, I've, I've come from team sports, but just the idea of someone leaving, in the middle of a match for someone. That else. Could you
1: imagine someone just getting up in the third quarter and saying, all right, I'm taking off.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, I know it's a little, maybe a little different at the pros, but like, I played baseball. And so if our starter, starting pitcher, you know, pitch five of the seven, seven innings and after the fifth inning is like, all right guys, I'll see you tomorrow at practice. Like what? Yeah, you took, exactly. You
1: took yeah.
0: It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. So again, I didn't, you know, I, I know I didn't play those individual sports. Well, it, you know, I don't know. I always just felt like team sports were more fun. They seem to be more fun just because of the camaraderie that is created. Um, but I agree.
1: I I yeah. love that's why part of the reason why probably I love coaching doubles is because you still have those two people on the court. Right. Working together. And I think um, I know for my daughter, she played doubles her first year as a freshman and she absolutely loved it. And then because of her ability, she had to move up into singles. Got it. She played it because that's where she belonged, but she just waited for the end of the year doubles tournament every year because she was so used to being out there with a team and having that other person on the court and stuff like that. So um, she always looked forward to at the end of the year when you could come back and play as a doubles um, to go to individual sections. That's what she enjoyed was being on the court with someone.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think I'd probably be in the same boat. It's, I'm sure if you're just used to it, it's, you know, it's probably not that, not that weird for you if you're used to individual sports, but for me, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, for me to wrap my head around. Also, there aren't too many individual sports that I would have been good at. I know that. And I I'm honest with myself. Like I I don't, I don't golf. Uh, I'm not very good at tennis and you know, I'd be awful at wrestling. There's a lot of individual sports that I would have no business doing. So I'll stick to baseball. That, yeah. that, that, that's better for me. Um, you know, one of the questions, one of the questions, and I'm really actually really interested in hearing this answer from you because of your connection with the school that you're teaching at and coaching at, we like to always ask coaches, you know, if you're looking back, you know, our, our big thing is how coaches and teachers have such an incredible impact on the athletes and how that impact can sometimes, especially for athletes, cause those athletes to, you know, maybe they go to the next level and play in college, or may, maybe even they, you know, go to that next level at the pro level, but Sometimes your impact as a coach causes, maybe they're not going to reach that level, but they're going to go on to coach or they're going to go on to teach just because you had such an amazing impact on those people in your life. So for you, what coach or teacher, or maybe both had a really big impact on your life and that you kind of attribute some of the things you do today to them?
1: Um, teaching wise, I had a teacher in seventh grade. I was super shy, didn't like to talk, would not do an oral report if my life depended on it.
0: Wouldn't do a podcast?
1: It wouldn't do a podcast, for sure. <laughs> um, and she made me do one, and she, you know, she modified it um, to get me through it. And just the the fact that she saw me as an individual and helped me through that shyness and that, you know, honest to goodness, fear of getting up in front of my peers. Um, that really led me to wanting to be a teacher Okay, um, coaching wise. Um, gosh, we, I had some great coaches at Mantica high. Um, like I said, my dad coached, uh, so him and my grandfather had a huge impact on me and, um, why I do things the way I do. And, um, Yeah, probably those two would probably be my biggest coaching influences.
0: Let me ask you this, because I I always enjoy asking coaches this who have, who I know coach their, or coach their kids. Were there a lot of moments where your dad would tell you something and you were that the, the athlete that wouldn't do it. And then if another coach came in and told you the exact same thing, all of a sudden it was like, you got it. And then did that flip? So when you were coaching your kids. Did they, you know, you were trying to tell them something you get frustrated. It's like, oh, why don't they just get it? And then another coach would come in and tell them the same thing you've been teaching them for years. And then they automatically do that. Did that happen all the time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think every, I, I like to yeah, ask the it's question It's just
1: different <laughs> coming from that other person that is not your parent.
0: I think so. It's just like the familiar voice, right? I, I'm yeah. I, it was the same thing with my dad. I remember one time specifically my dad kind of threw up his hands. Like, like seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. We, we've been talking about this for for months and you couldn't, you couldn't figure it out, huh? And then all of a sudden yeah. this other coach does it. So yeah, I'm always, I always find that it's just so funny to me. And every coach has the same reaction you do. It's like, yeah, that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I did not, um, it didn't even phase me. And most of the time, because it was like, oh, yep, that's happening.
0: Right. Well, then it's like the competitive side of you is like, at least you got it. I don't care. This is going to help us win games. At least you got right. it now, even though you wouldn't listen to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny now because, um, you know, Manteca used to be really small and we only had the two high schools, it was Manteca versus East Union, the rivalry. Okay. Um, now we have uh, three high schools in our um, city and five in our district. Um, and my daughter actually is at East Union, which was when I was in school, my biggest rival, she works as a, um, a para in the special ed classes. Oh, and cool. Took over the tennis program. Oh, <laughs> We're coaching against each other now. <laughs> And I see her do things and I was like, yep, you know who taught you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And it was
1: really, it was a lot of fun, really cool. Uh the first time that she came and brought her team to to our courts. We had a giant sign that said, Welcome back, trader, and <laughs> stuff on it. And um, yeah. but it, it's a lot of fun and it's a nice little rivalry and I, I'm excited to see, you know, what she can do with the program and grow it.
0: That's, that's really cool. That's a really cool thing. That, that would have been uh, a lot of fun. Like you said, as the, as the rival school knowing that she's coming in and having, yeah. like, like you said, the trader sign and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's yeah. That my mom really cool. even uh,
1: cause my mom comes to, even on my tennis game, she still comes and she does a um, hospitality table where she brings oranges and Snacks for the girls and stuff like that, and for both teams and everything. And
0: oh, for both teams,
1: yeah, she brings it for both teams. Oh,
0: that's cool. This
1: little thing, you know, because they're right after school and everything, sure. And she always wears mantica high tennis shirt. Well, she came walking up for that match, she was dressed in East Union red, walking next to my daughter. I said, You're doing my hospitality t- in the opposing team's colors.
0: <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah loyalty <laughs> i guess so man that's got that's got to be, that sounds like a, a ton of fun though it sounds like that would be such a fun thing just to be a part of um yeah oh, i think i think i've joked with you about this a couple of years or maybe even longer than that um when when we started following each other on like you know social media and stuff like that you you posted a lot of pictures of your kids and so yes. for some i think i told you this i thought you were your daughter for the longest time and then i was concerned I'm like am I, am I asking her a coaching question and it's actually the athlete or am I asking the athlete or the, the coach athlete question? I don't know. And so if I, I was, it was really happy to finally meet you when I did, because then it like settled all those questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> but it just shows though, like you guys, you know, obviously you love, you love your, your family, you love your kids and you want to see them succeed. And they're like such a big part of your life. And then obviously, you know, you're passing that down from the way your parents were with you and being involved in to the point where your mom's still involved in, and in doing not just involved yeah. in coming to watch you, but like she's actually an active part of the program yes. <laughs> with the hospitality table, which is a really cool thing. Um, let me ask you this too, as far as, I don't know what, what kind of stuff you guys do in the community. I don't know if you guys do certain things throughout the season to get involved with the community, but especially for a town like Manteca, where it sounds like there's you know some fun rivalries with other schools, there's a lot of history and legacy within the school and a lot of alumni coming back to either coach or teach like for a program like that, how important is it to be involved in the community as a sports team?
1: I, I think it's a big deal. It's, I think it's a little bit harder for some of our smaller teams, like a tennis team sure, to like our football team, but I, our football team, um, you know, gets a lot from the community. And we, you know, we fill the bleachers with alumni. We have, you know, when we even travel, you know, there's people everywhere that are mantica High, you know, followers. So I, I think it's really important. I know our soccer team does a lot with, um, they host like a kicking for a Cure every year. Oh, okay. um, community involved in that. They also help out with like, um. I think it's the, the Rotary has a, a 4th of July breakfast. The soccer team goes and serves at that every That's year awesome. with that. Um, we've, we've done some things with community on a smaller level. We've um, helped out some uh, Girl Scout troops with, um, I think it's called their Playfair badge or something like that, where they come and they learn the rules and the sportsmanship and oh. they are one of their badges or whatever. So. You know on a much smaller level um we also do um we have in the past uh hosted some like summer clinics where our kids you know help coach the littler ones during the, that's cool you know, for a certain period of time and the littles leave and then we practice with them or whatever so that's really cool chance to try to you know give back to someone else
0: yeah that's great and i think that that kind of stuff especially again i keep going back to it cuz i think it's such a cool thing about your as a school with this this legacy and this tradition that's you know such a like it's in the fabric of that school it's cool cuz i think you're going to see if they go to one of your clinics you have these young basketball players or young tennis players that are going to go to that and then one day hopefully play for the school right but that right. tradition is not starting as a freshman once they walk on campus for the first time but it's really starting the first time they ever went to that clinic and they're right. already a part of the program and they can feel, you know, feel that, that, that legacy there, they can feel the love between the athletes. And that's a really cool thing. And I, I always like hearing stuff like that, because and like you said, even if it's a smaller program, doing a smaller thing, it still has an impact on, you know, even if you walk away and you had an impact on one young athlete or one family, that's still huge. Yeah. Right. It's still huge. Um, you know, I want to, I don't want to, I want to be respectful of your time. And I don't want to keep you too long. So I actually have one more question for you. And okay. this is the one that we always end on. And it's the most important one because this is the character combine. What is character to you and why is it so important?
1: Um, character to me is that thing you have inside of you that, that pushes you um, to do your best, to see the best in others um, to know what is you know, right and wrong um, and to carry that out into that field of whatever sport you're playing and, and make sure that your opponents know who you are by, by the pride you take in yourself and what you do. And I think it's really important because I think we live in a really crazy world and they're not always getting everything they need as far as character and learning um, what it takes to be of good character. So um, if they can do that through sports, I think that that's huge for the future of our world.
0: I couldn't have said it any better. That was a perfect way to end this thing. Uh, (laughs) That was fun, coach. I appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Oh, before we get out of here, uh, before we get out of here, where can they follow you guys on social media and all that stuff?
1: Um, we have, ooh, we have a Twitter account.
0: Sorry. Um, I should always prep coaches for this. This happens sometimes. They're like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know what our own Twitter is. Um, I just post on it.
0: <laughs> hey coach, you're not um, alone. There's a lot of coaches out there that do the same thing.
1: Yeah. Um, Manteca high tennis Manteca high girls tennis. Okay. I think is what it is.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll tag you and everything that we post on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. So Okay, um, sounds if you, good. If you guys are listening to this and uh you you can't find it, just check out our posts on either Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And we'll make sure we tag uh uh everything Manteca tennis and all that. So you guys will be able to find them for sure. But make sure you guys follow them and uh check out everything that, that they're doing uh throughout the school year. And hopefully, hopefully next school year is back to normal. And
1: oh, let's hope so. I just got my crossed. second vaccination today.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go.
1: I'm, I'm trying to help with the cause.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I know a lot of people appreciate it. <laughs> um, hey, you guys can follow us at character combine on Instagram at sports character on Twitter at character combine on Facebook. You can also check out our YouTube page. We don't post a ton there, but we do have some clips from previous character combine events. Also, you can find our 100th podcast episode there. We did one video podcast. You can check that out. And also I know I've said in the last couple of episodes, but I think it's worth repeating. We just started a character combine coaches group on Facebook uh, I know coach coach Tolbert is actually part of that group. So, uh, I would definitely encourage any, any coaches that are interested, send us a request and we'll let you into that group. Also, if you have any other assistant coaches or other coaches that are in your life, I would definitely recommend that they join the group. Uh, we're trying to create a space for coaches to get connected to other like-minded coaches as well as, you know, have some discussion. I know you can follow us on all of those social media places that I mentioned earlier, but really there, you're just kind of following what we do this coaches group is meant to, you know, create some conversation amongst coaches that are doing amazing things and are focused on creating character driven athletes. So, uh, that's it. That's it. That's it for my pitch coach. I'm done with it. Uh, coach Tolbert. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. And, uh, Hey, baseball's base. We're going to get a full baseball season. That's going to be fun. I'm
1: so excited. Can't wait. I've been watching a lot of spring training.
0: Oh, I I miss it so much. Last year was, was fine. I, I was happy that we got, you know, some form of a season, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to a full complete normal season. So fingers crossed that yeah. it goes well. Uh, it's probably gonna go a little better for yeah. you guys than it will be for us giants fans, but that's okay. Rebuilding, rebuilding a little bit. So <laughs> awesome, <laughs> well, coach. thank you
1: so much for having me. I had a great time.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, coach. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye.